Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. From Noah to Moses to David, from cover to cover, the story of the Bible is about more than the character on the page. It's about God and his plan for all creation. But sadly, for many Christians, we read the Bible and look at our lives thinking it's all about us. While our lives do play a part in the story, we are far from being the main character. In this classic teaching, Francis Chan reminds us that there is a greater story, and at the center of that story, there is a king, Jesus, upon whom everything would depend. When we view our lives with a biblical perspective, everything begins to change. You know, this, uh, this morning I'm going to give a kind of a different message. Not the same message I gave last week. Um, but, but you know what I mean by that is that uh, I'm going to uh, kind of give you an overview of the Bible. Okay, so we're going to be here a while. No, we're going to, you know, rather than just taking a passage or this or that, to, you guys, it's, a, it's really a fundamental, foundational concept that I really believe so many people, Christians, don't get. And we've got to get this one. Okay, not that there are any, any messages out of God's Word that are unimportant, but you guys, this is the foundation of life. And we have got to get this. And I've been praying that you would get this and that I would totally understand this. And so would you just take 30 seconds right now and just pray to God and say, God, please help me to get this today. Help me to really understand this message from you. Go ahead and just pray for yourself right now. How many of you guys, uh, how many of you saw the movie Rocky? The old classic Rocky. Okay. How many of you saw Rocky II? Okay. It's kind of required. If you saw Rocky 1, you got to see Rocky 2, then the rest get kind of crazy. But, but um, I, I want to, you know how there's just some of those classic scenes from that movie? You know, you look at it now and eh, it's a little corny. But, uh, but I, I want to show you, just to remind you from Rocky 2, one of those classic scenes. Um, and, uh, you know, go ahead and get the music pumping. It just gets you fired up, you know. Many of us guys, we work out to the music still, but remember this. <laughs> So realistic, you know. You know, you're running through town, everyone starts following you, and it's always happening. Um, but then he runs up the steps, and uh, and on the subtitles it says uh, he screams, "I made it!" But listen to him. <laughs> that was it. But anyways, he starts fighting and. It's kind of corny now, but we're so fired up. But what I want to point out to you is, uh, I want to point something out to you. See this girl in the green jacket? Do you ever notice her? <laughs> when she runs, that's my wife. No, I'm kidding. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. It could be though, you know, you're like, oh, I wouldn't know. But I mean, the whole thought is, do you remember, remember in the movie when she comes running up and then she joins with all the other kids and she just starts screaming, Rocky, Rocky, and all the kids start running. I mean, but do you remember her in her green jacket? No? Okay. But I bet you every time she watches the movie, she sees herself. Okay? And I bet you that every time her friends are over, she'll go, no, 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 okay, here, here I come. Watch, this is my part. You know, that my, my huge, you know, you know, claim to glory. And probably the first time she went and watched it in the theater, she's probably with her mom and she's, you know, and her mom's probably going, oh, honey, you ran so well, you know, and everything else. Okay. And, and what if, what if, you know, before, you know, when Rocky's out and everything else, she, she, she walks around and go, man, 
you guys, I'm starring in a movie. And, and people go, well, what movie is that? And she goes, Rocky. I mean, everyone would look at her and go, what are you talking about? That wasn't about you. You know, that was about Rocky Balboa, you know, the Italian stallion, you know, and how he lasted 15 rounds with the heavyweight champ. And then Rocky II is about how, how he, you know, defeats, you know, Apollo Creed, you know, and he takes the title. He's the champion of the world. Then Rocky III is when he fights Mr. T and it gets really stupid, you know. <laughs> and then Rocky IV is him and Ivan Drago, you know, from Russia, and all the Russians are screaming Rocky, you know, and then who knows what happens in five, six, seven. But it, 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 it's all about Rocky, you know, and someone would, you know, finally have to just grab the girl, shake her, and just say one word to her, extra, right? <laughs> you are an extra. You, you, you were not the star of Rocky. This was not about you. You had like a five-second little scene where you run up the stairs with a hundred other kids, and you scream Rocky five times, and it was over. That was it. That's all your part was. And what if the girl after that still says, I still think it was all about me? You'd finally go, you know what? You're weird. Get away from me. Okay? And that, that's the end of the story. You can go ahead and turn that off. And I bring that up because I believe there are people in the world, and especially in the church, that are even more delusional than she is. Where you think, this is all about you. <laughs> this movie is all about you, isn't it? That life is about you. And you think that everything revolves around you or ought to revolve around you. And you don't realize your place in this movie. You see, this movie, from cover to cover, not about you. It's about God. Everything in this book is about God. In the beginning, who? What did he do? Create the heavens and the earth. What were you doing during that time? No, seriously, what were you doing during that part of the movie? When he created the heavens and the earth, and he looks at it and he goes, that was good. Remember that? Remember that scene where he goes, that's good. Was he talking to you? No, he's just thinking in his mind, that's good. He, he creates the stars, the heavens, the, the water, the animals in the water, the animals in the sky, and he goes, Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm good. <laughs> then he creates man. Then he creates woman. He goes, ooh, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. And I say, amen. You know? <laughs> and he just goes on. And, he, and then the story, the movie goes on. The movie goes on about this God after he makes all of this. Then the, the, the people, those people, the man, woman I was talking about, they start trying to rebel against God and doing the things that he hates. And you know what God does in the, 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 that scene? He floods the whole place. He says, oh yeah? Watch what I do there. You won't like me when I'm mad. And he floods the whole world. See, the, the, the flood was not a story about Noah. That wasn't, that one, the movie's not about Noah. It's about God. And he says, you know what, and I'll take this, this, this little man, you know, and his family, I'll re repopulate the whole world because he's faithful to me. And then the, the movie goes on and, you know, the world starts getting populated. He says, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll take this old man here, Abram. 
and his wife Sarah, and I'm going to make a huge nation out of them. And I'm just going to take those two and, 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 and create this own little nation, and I'm going to bless them so much. Only problem is Abram is, is 100 years old, and Sarah is 90, and they have no kids. But God says, watch what I do in this scene. I have this 90-year-old woman have a baby. It's crazy, but I can do that. Because I'm writing the script, I'm in charge, I can make it happen, I can do anything. And then he, then he starts loving on these people, you know, as they start multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. You know, he talks, talks about, you know, this, the story of Joseph. It's not really the, the movie about Joseph, it's the movie about God. And how God takes this, this, this young man who's deserted by his brothers and sold off into slavery and says, watch what I do here. I'm going to make him the most powerful guy in Egypt. It goes on and on about his people. Then the Egyptians get a little cocky and they start to uh, you know, suppress God's people. They enslave God's people. And God says, watch what I do here. I'll take this guy Moses and I'll have these plagues come. Watch, I can make bugs crawl on people. I, I can send a plague. I can turn the dust of the earth into gnats. Watch what I can do. I can turn their water into blood just to show Egyptians you're not in charge, I'm in charge. And then I'll take little Moses and, 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 and I'll have him lead them out of this place after I kill the firstborn of every single person in Egypt. Then I'm going to take you know the, these people, I'm going to part water for them so they walk through. And then when the other people try it, I'm going to have them drown. And then, then I'm going to take them out in the desert. And, and these guys are going to be disobedient to me. Of all things, you think they would learn, but they're going to be disobedient. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have the, I'm going to have the earth open up in this one scene and swallow them up. The show, look, I'm God. I can do anything I want. I, and and I'll, have, I'll have bread and this, this food like appear on the ground out of nowhere just to show what I can do. I'll start sending these people called prophets that'll tell them what's going to happen in a few years. They'll tell the future so I can show you that as the main character, I know the future. I didn't know. I wrote the script. I know what's going to happen in the next scene. And so these prophets will start telling the future, and you'll all look at me and go, wow, he does know the future. He knows exactly what's going to happen. And yet these people will rebel against me, and then, you know, at the climax of this story, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show off my love. Because the people have seen my power. They've seen what I can do. They've seen my justice. They've seen my ability to create. They've seen my ability to punish. But let me show them my love like never before. And this God shows off his love in this movie where all these people are rebelling against him and he still loved them. And he loved them so much that he, that he says, watch, I'll send my son. I'll have him take the form of a man and I'll watch him suffer. I'll go through all the pain of watching him suffer on a cross because on that cross, he's going to be paying for all of their crimes. I mean, this is the ultimate act of love. There has never been another act of love. No one has ever been as loving as that moment when God the Father and God the Son just showered their love on the world. And Jesus paid for all of our sins on the cross. So God says, look at my love. Not only am I powerful, not only can I create, not only can I punish, not only can I be just, but man, no one loves like I love. I am love. God is love, the Bible says. And he goes, and then after he dies, for the sins of the world, I'm going to have him rise from the grave. And that's when people are going to start believing him. They're going to go, no way. There really is life after death. And all these people are going to start following, following, following. And then you keep reading on, 
and at the end of the at the end of the script, you know what happens is he has himself on a throne in Revelation five, and he's got all these you know beings worshiping him. In fact, it says a hundred million. I can't even picture that number, but one of the final scenes is he's sitting on this throne, and there's a hundred million angels all worshiping him. And then it says that every single creature, that's you and I, we're all bowed down. And whether you believe in him or not, you're going to be on your face before him because that's the final scene and he can force it and he can make it happen. And everyone is bowing down to him, every creature that's ever been made. And then, then, and then at the very end, it, it talks about how he takes that earth that he made, you know, this incredible world, and, and he destroys it. And he destroys the heavens and all everything that you just saw. And he says, you know what? I've created a new heaven, a new earth. And for those who follow me, those who got it, they're going to be with me forever. And we live happily ever after. That's the movie. Let me ask you something. At what point in there did you become the star? Because I missed it. This whole script, everything from cover to cover, is for one purpose, it's to bring glory to him. That, that at the end of it, we just stop and we look at the story and we go, whoa, he's awesome, it's all about him. What, what else is there in life? Who cares about any of the other characters? It's all about him. And I've, I'm just this little five-second little blip in the movie where I run up on the stage and scream, Jesus, Jesus, you know, sit down, I die, and it's over. You know? And at some point, I've got to get that in my head. That's all I am. This is not about me. It's not about you. And until you get that fundamental, foundational concept, you're going to be so frustrated in life. And everyone else is going to be so frustrated with you because you're going to think, well, you know, my wife's not treating me right, or my husband's not treating me right, or my kids aren't treating me right, or this or that. Everything else, or my boss isn't, or this didn't go right, that didn't go right. You know what? It's not about you. Maybe that's why. You know, there are many people who walk around the earth far more delusional than the little girl if she were to believe that she was a star of Rocky. You walk around and you, you think that everything's for you and you want God to be your best supporting actor. You know, this big being that follows you around, right? And does whatever you want him to do. Because that's what this movie's about. It's about you, isn't it? See, some of us, we wake up in the morning and we go, it's a little hot today. Nah, I wish it was a little cooler. Or you wake up, you go, eh, it's a little too cold today. I wish the clouds were gone. It's just not exactly the way I like it. And I got news for you. The sun doesn't rise and set for you. Did you know that? Maybe no one's ever told you this before, but the sun does not rise for you and doesn't set for you. Do you realize today it's the perfect temperature? It's exactly the temperature God wanted it to be. It's exactly what he wanted in every single place in the world. It was his script. That's the way he designed it. It was perfect. And the sun didn't rise and set for you. In fact, the sun rose today for God. Like that verse we looked at, the heavens declare what, what's the point of the heavens? Why did God make the heavens and say, wow, that's good? It's just because that would declare his glory. You can't look at those, those, those pictures, you know, of what's out there in the world and what's out there in the universe and go, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it just showed up one day. 
There's no way you look at that and you just, you're just in awe and you go, where did it come from? How in the world did he make that? You see that one slide where it, it showed the sun rising over the, those railroad tracks? And then there was that little caption that said, the sun is, is 93 million miles away. Just stop and think about that. 93 million miles away, and then it zooms in in the sun and that big old red spot with all these things going around. 93 million miles away. Right, every time it rises, you ever, you ever see the sun rise in the morning? Some of you go, no. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's cool. But you, you get up, and, uh, and before the sun even comes up, you know, the clouds start to change color. And they get that little pink, you know, purple haze to it. Then it gets pink and then brighter. And then the moment the, the sunbeams first hit your face, and you feel that warmth, just stop and think, that's coming from 93 million miles away. That's awesome. That is good. That gives glory to God. You go, how in the world? Do you realize if that sun were 94 million miles away, you would freeze to death? Do you realize if it was 92 million miles away, you would melt? But no, it's 93 million miles away, and the way that thing rises, you just have to go, that's good. And when that sets every day, you ever go to the beach and watch the sun set? And isn't it awesome when it gets right by the water and suddenly, it, you know, you can tell your kids, hey, look, the sun's going in the ocean, you know, and uh, yeah, we all do it, you know, and, uh, you know, and then suddenly there's half the sun and it's just gorgeous. It's just unreal. And what does it do? It screams out the glory of God. You go, man, God, how'd you do that? And God says, that's good, isn't it? You go, yeah, that's good. See, the sun, every time it rises, every time it sets, it gives glory to God. It points to the Creator. The sun is such a great role model for us because every time it rises, every time it sets, it points to God. And it's always rising. It's always setting somewhere. It's always giving glory to God. The sun should be our role model. Everything we do, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat, you drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's the whole reason for my existence, you guys, is to run up on this stage and scream Jesus and say, look at him, look at him, look at him, isn't he amazing? And then my part's over. But I love being a part of this movie. <laughs> no, it's still fun to me. Just to run up, do my part, and that's it. You get that. That's the purpose of your existence, is just to point people to this God who's always been, always will be, the great I am. Or do you really see yourself as a lot more important than that, bigger than that? I tell you, you're going to live a pretty frustrated life, pretty frustrated eternity, if that's the way you look at life. Paul says, no, whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. When you eat, eat to the glory of God. How do you do that? You guys like to eat? I love to eat. This is how you eat to the glory of God. You take a bite, you taste it, and you go, that's good. 
Isn't eating awesome? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you eat it, and the, right now, okay, you know how, hey, this is a glazed donut, and you feel the little crunch on your teeth? That's cool. Then you feel the texture on your tongue, and the sugar, and the sweetness, and you know, the low-carb donut. And, <laughs> Oh, but it's awesome the way all is alive and it gets your juices going and, and you swallow and it hits right there and just kind of slides down and then you go, oh, and then when it hits your, the whole thing, you just go, God, that was good. You know? I mean, why did God create eating? So we would look at eating and go, that was good. God, what a great, great creation. We love it. Some of us love it too much. And, but we love it. We love it. I mean, couldn't God have created us without the necessity of eating? He could have made human beings and say, they don't, uh, they don't need to eat. He could have made us like plants. We walk around and everything gets sucked up through our feet. <laughs> you know, he could have done whatever he wanted to. But no, he makes food and I go, amen. You know, that is so cool. What a great invention. And then just the whole process of drinking. Drinking's great. Just how refreshing that is, you know, and just how it soothes you, it just energizes you. You go, man, God, that was good. That is so good. Man, how can you bring glory to God through eating, drinking? Next time you're sitting at the table with a bunch of friends, just look at God and go, man, that's good. Look at them and go, isn't this amazing that we get to eat? Isn't it amazing how God made the body? Isn't it fun to laugh? See a bunch of you smiling. It's kind of cool, huh? Kind of go to the, it's cool to go to church and smile, you know. But it's just good to laugh. Everything, whether you eat, drink, run, laugh, whatever, it all points to God, doesn't it? We just go, man, what an amazing creator! What a wonderful maker! What an awesome God we have! You see, we're we're just here to do this exact thing. Just walk around and make people aware of how amazing God's creation is, how amazing this world is. John the Baptist understood that. Remember that scene in, in John chapter 3 when um, John's, this John the Baptist has some followers and they come running to him and saying, hey, John, something's going wrong. Everyone's starting to follow Jesus instead of you. Important scene because John says one of the most profound things that's ever been said. He says, he must increase, I must decrease. He looks at his disciples and says, this is the plan. Don't you understand? This was all I was supposed to do, was to tell people about him, and then he's supposed to increase and increase and increase in their eyes, and I'm supposed to just kind of sink and hide. I must, I must, I have to, it's imperative that I decrease. And he increased. That's the whole point of the story. That's the whole point of our existence. Is, is it that my life is a fight for obscurity. 
I've got to fight to become more and more obscure and keep pointing people to God and tell them, why in the world would you look at me? Why in the world would you look at me? I'm just this little tiny being on this little tiny earth in this in an incredible galaxy. I mean, what makes me different from anyone else on this little tiny planet? Absolutely nothing. Stop looking at me. There's a being who made all of this. Think about him. Look to him. Pray to him. Talk to him. You don't need me. All you need is him. Him, him, him. Now, now, get just get addicted to him. Just, just be all over him. And I'm just going to hide down here. He's got to increase. I've got to decrease. I've got to become more and more obscure. He's the famous one. I got to keep lifting him up. Is that the goal of your life? I mean, imagine how, how ridiculous it would look if we watched that clip from Rocky and the girl starts screaming. You know, is everyone screaming Rocky? She goes, stop, look at me, look at my pretty jacket. You know, you just, you just go, what are you doing? This was never about you. You know what, we'll get someone else to run up the steps if that's the way you're going to do it. This, is, this movie has nothing to do with you. You're, an extra, you're running up. You just point to rock. You just scream his name. What are you doing with your life? You're bringing glory to God? Are you telling everyone what a wonderful God you have? Are you pointing to him? Are you drawing all the attention for yourself and expecting God to make much of you? Jesus says when you lose your life, that's when you're going to find it. When you lose your life for my sake, that's when you're going to find it. But you're going to try to hold on and, and soak this all up for yourself because you're going to lose your life. But if you willingly give it up, and, and those of us who have done it, we know. I mean, from the outside, from the outside you may think, oh, that seems kind of boring. You mean you don't bring glory to yourself, you just point it all to God? But those of us who have done it, we realize, no, that's where life is. You start making much of God, and suddenly everything starts turning around in your life. And you realize he makes much of you. And, and you just get humbled that a, that a God so great would even care about you. It's, it's, it's an amazing scene. You know, when I was in college, I, uh, I had one of my professors um, did something that was probably one of the coolest things that anyone's done for me. But I didn't recognize it at the time. One of my professors uh, from my preaching class, he, uh, he asked if I would come into his office and just talk to him for a while. So I go in later that day, and uh, he sits me down in his office. He says, you know, he goes, Francis, every man comes to a point in his life when he desires to make a name for himself. He goes, I've been there. We've all been there. Where you just start thinking, you know, I want people to know who I am. Whether it's for your athleticism or for your knowledge or for your wealth or for your success in life, you know, running a business, whatever else, you, you, you just you have this in you. And he says, you know, I notice a tendency in you. He goes, Francis, you look at everything like a competition. You know, everything in your life, it just seems like it's a competition. Right down to preaching. I see you in class. And he goes, it's like you're trying to outdo everyone. You're trying to be better than this guy or that guy. And he goes, and this isn't a competition. He goes, we're all on the same team. And we're all here to just sink into obscurity and all brag about this great God that's out there. You know, you never you ever have someone tell you something in life, and at the time you just go, yeah, whatever. But then later in life, you get older and you go, man, that was totally it. He nailed it. 
and the older we get, we start remembering some of the things that people told you years ago, and you go, oh, he was right. She was right. And that's one of those things where I look back now, and I go, you know, that's probably one of the most profound things anyone has ever told me, and was willing to care enough about me to, to say that to me. And I, I still don't think I get it completely. I still don't totally get my role on the earth. But I'm trying. You see, we are just here to glorify God. That's it. End of story. End of movie. End of your role. End of your character. Whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, you do it all for one reason. It's the glory of God. To make God look better and better and better. See, there's only one movie being played right now. And it's not the movie of Francis Chan. There is no movie of Francis Chan. Just like there was really no movie about Abraham or Joseph or any of those guys, or Paul. It's just one movie, the movie of Jesus. And I've got a small scene. And the movie of Francis is not the movie of Francis. It's a movie about how God decided to take Chinese baby number six billion and four and... Uh, <laughs> And he says, watch what I do with this one, you know? And he has him grow up, you know, as this kind of, you know, social misfit weird kid, you know, raised by a bunch of monks and then, you know, and then his parents die and then he, he starts, you know, trying to succeed in life and fails, fails, fails at everything he does. One thing after another, then he even goes into ministry and starts failing at that and everywhere he goes, you know, ruins the group he's with and, you know, just on and on and on. And then when he's at the, you know, just at the pits of his depression, just going, what is this all about? God turns things around. God starts changing things and, and has him marry this dream woman, you know, everything he's ever wanted in a, in a wife. And he has him, you know, have these, these little kids and stuff. And then, you know, start this little church. And, you know, and then, and then I'm, I'm going to have this little guy, you know, stand up in front of a bunch of influential, successful, beautiful people. And, and he tells them to get over themselves, you know. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's what this movie is about. And it could be, you know, my scene could be over any day. You know, and at the end, all that, all that the, the, he's going to care about is, did you make me look good? Did you bring glory to me? Because that's what your role was supposed to do. What did you do? Did you run up those steps and, and scream my name? Or did you tell everyone to look at you? See, everything we do, our whole lives, I was sitting in my office yesterday afternoon just thinking about life. You ever stop and think about your life? A lot of times we get so busy that we, we don't even realize the miracle we're living. And I, I just sat there yesterday in my office just thinking about what in the world happened? If you had told me 15 years ago that my life would be where it's at today, I'd say there's no way, absolutely no way. And those of you who've known me for 15 years, you know, you're still going, no way. What am I doing sitting here listening to him? I remember this, I remember that. You know how stupid my life has been. Those who know me know things don't make sense. And there's a purpose for that. Why does God do that? So that I can give him the glory. You ever stop and wonder why your life is where it's at? I'll tell you why. It's so you can brag about God, who's the star of your life. 
You ever wonder why your, your marriage is, is kind of shaky right now? You know why things are tough right now? So that you can, you can both just totally give your lives to God, totally surrender to Him and see what happens. And then at the end of the story, you know, end of your scene, you, you're telling everyone, God did this, God did this, God fixed this. And again, it's another person running up, screaming God's name. You ever wonder why maybe some of you do have a good marriage, you had a good family, you got, you got money, you're doing well. You know why? So that you can just look at everything you've got and tell everyone, I don't even care about this stuff. Look, I'll give it away. I'll give it to those who are poor. You know, all I care about is this God. He's that great that with everything I have, my stuff doesn't matter at all. He's great. He's great. He's great. It's to point to Him. You wonder why right now some of you are going through a kind of a crisis in life, a difficult time in life? It's so that everyone can look at you and you can say, you know what, for some reason, I'm okay. I've got peace. I mean, my world looks like it's falling apart, but it's not. There's this God up there who, you know, he, he made the world on and on and on. He loved me. His son died for me. I'm going to spend eternity with him. And, and he's so great that I can actually smile right now. I can actually have peace right now. Not because of anything great about me. It, it's about him. You understand that whatever happens to you in life, it's not for you. It's for him. Let's, let's not stand at the bottom of the steps and say, I'm not running. I'm not going to run up the steps. I'm not going to do that just to make him look good. You know, what are you, what are you doing with your life? Is it all about you or have you figured it out yet? Because until you get this principle, you're going to be frustrated with everyone. You're going to be frustrated with this church. Not exactly the way you like it. You know, you may frustrate with the people around you. They're not treating you just right the way good Christians ought to. That's not what this movie's about. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. We will see you next time with a new episode. But until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our new website at crazylove.org. Thanks.